25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yo! Let's do it. Rolling along with you here on Hump Day. That's Wednesday, for those that don't know. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast, friendly service, and that's what you get at Farm Bureau. You know, um, I I sort of like unceremoniously welcomed in Roger to the show it's in hour number one, but I didn't play the song, Roger. Is that okay? Yeah, I'm so glad I don't stand on ceremony. You You're not big on pomp and circumstance? No, no. Just pomp. <laughs> Circumstances, eh. <laughs> yeah. You know, um... You, you mentioned earlier, Roger, during the break, that you were telling me something about all these different ads that are streaming and you're streaming stuff. Yeah. I know what you're streaming. What, what? I don't even have to see it. I know what you're streaming. Okay. Well, you better tell them what we're talking about. They're going to have the worst idea. Well, you were just saying, hey, how come every time I stream something on my computer, I get all these ads for shoe companies popping up? They're trying to sell me shoes. All right? these shoe websites. I mean, this is one <laughs> after another. And look, here's the thing. Are you women's shoes? <laughs> Wait a minute. It's women's shoes. It's women's shoes, like Shoe Dazzle and all these websites. I'm like, Roger. All right. Hang on a second. Are you streaming it on one of the computers in the studio? Oh, no, no. I do it. At, I do it at home. Okay. And so now, somebody want... has been on your computer shopping for women's shoes. That's funny. Well, it's not like it's display advertising. It's like right in in line network okay. stream advertising. You know, like okay. But well, but I'm watching a lot of news and well, that's I what I'm saying. Should not have put it on the Lifetime channel. <laughs> that's all it takes. That's what it happened. That's all it. Takes. What it happened was they caught me on their they caught me on their uh, their listings there. All it is is you showed up like you clicked on the Lifetime channel one time. And it's now, like when you click on a real estate ad. Now they're trying and, to sell you high they, heels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I was really hoping, though, you were going to tell me you're streaming it on one of the computers in the studio. Okay, yeah, because then we, could, you're right, then we could deduce on the air that maybe Beaver is shopping for women's shoes, for all we know. Ben or the, other, or the only other producer we have, uh, Jackson. So yeah, with, somebody's. Yeah. And then we have to figure out, are they buying for themselves or is it for a gift? You know, now, somebody. I do feel better. Occasionally, there's a Tacobus ad. Okay, there you go. <laughs> there you now, go. I, what uh. I was getting at is I figure you're probably streaming the impeachment hearings. 
Um, well, I do a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's when you watch them, they're a great comedy. Uh, and I shouldn't wait be that for way. a surprise, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, right. It's all the same, and there's never going to be a surprise. Uh, I got a number in there for you, Roger, here in just a few minutes. Gotcha. We'll talk with uh, Steve Robertson. If everything goes according to plan, Steve Robertson from Scout. Uh, uh, well, I say from Scout. He's Scout Steve R on Twitter. He's now with 24-7 Sports and jeanspage.com. So maybe that'll be coming up on the show. And now we're number two here. We're going to make uh, the phone line available to you in just a bit after we talk with Steve on the Divinity phone. You can text the show at 885-ESPN. That's available to you there. Jason on the text line says, come on, Matt. LSU is only a, quote, rival when LSU is beatable. Otherwise, it's uh, State that's the rival. Ole Miss just can't admit that either State has caught up or Ole Miss has fallen. Uh, Let's see, Tony Joe. Again, I remind you, I'll look up Tony Joe White. Tony Joe White. I love his version of Poke Salad Annie. But this is a different Tony Joe. He's, I think he says back in the day when Ole Miss was better at cheating, but not really anymore. We're talking about the uh, idea of, you know, it, how does Ole Miss view the uh, quote-unquote rivalry with LSU? Do they circle it in the preseason, or is it different than their rivalry with State and all that kind of stuff? So anyway, that's what we did talk about. We'll put that on the back burner for now and jump on over to the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. It means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else. Somebody who's actually been covering recruiting longer and doing it better longer than anybody else in the state of Mississippi is our friend Steve Robertson. He is Scout Steve R on Twitter, and he is on your radio right now on the Divinity phone. Steve? Happy hump day to you. We're one day closer to the weekend, man. Hope you're doing well. I, I'm, I'm doing well, and I thank you for reminding me that it is Wednesday because uh, I have been so busy as of late, I, I really don't know whether I'm coming or going someday. Yeah, so. I saw when you tweeted out, I think it was maybe Monday, uh, you tweeted out, here's my book signing schedule for the week. And I looked at that, and I thought, holy cow, man, who's keeping his schedule? How many miles are you – how many tanks of gas do you think you have purchased – for the Mustang last week and this week? I know it's been a bunch. You know, when I'm on the road, I always use 93 octane, you know, because, you know, that, <laughs> that, that, that great invention of Henry Ford deserves to find us. It deserves. Can find. But, yeah, <laughs> I get out and ride, man. I tell you, I love the windshield time, though. I tell you, it's, uh, it's been so great, Matt, being around people and, and having a chance to talk about the book. And, uh, you know, you, you work all those months and you have things like this and while it is a bit of an inconvenience at times it is so great to get out be able to meet fans and and to be able to talk about sports all right so stark villains is the book what do people need to know if by some chance they're hearing about it for the first time they're like hmm, i might want to get that book and read it Where, where do they go what do they do well, they can always order online at starkvillainsthebook.com. I'm going to be at Lemuria Books this evening from 5 to 7, having a reading and a signing there. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty active on social media sharing that stuff. But you can find it all over Starkville and great bookstores around the state of Mississippi. And uh, it's, it's been wonderful. But I tell you, and, Matt, and you'll appreciate this, one of the things that I did is uh, I reached out to a lot of major personalities in Mississippi State sports history, Bob Tyler, Ron Polk, Jackie Sherrill, John Bond, Rocky Felker, Anthony Dixon, and others. And I just talked to them about big moments in the rivalry with Ole Miss. And uh, 
you know, their recollections of those games and their feelings about the rivalry. And I'll tell you, it has been one of the greatest joys of my life uh, because most of the books written about the rivalry are kind of written from an Ole Miss perspective. So this is one of the first of its kind where the Mississippi State folks get to say their, their side of things. What? Um, give me a tease. I know you can't give away everything in the book, but uh, give me a tease on a really good story that you uncovered in all of those interviews with all those people. Uh, well, the first thing I'll tell you is Jackie Sherrill admits why he calls Ole Miss Mississippi. That's one. Uh, but in, in 1946, two Mississippi State students, 19 years of age, two gentlemen by the name of Frank Carolla and Skeeter Edwards from Leland, Mississippi, flew a crop duster over to Oxford from Leland, and they poured some maroon paint in the bleachers at the football stadium at Ole Miss, and then they flew that plane down Fraternity Row and threw white toilet paper, so they effectively <laughs> painted the Ole Miss campus maroon and white. <laughs> That's really good. That's going to great lengths, but it's a great idea. Um, okay, well, you got me. I'm really interested to read and see why Coach Cheryl calls him Mississippi. You know, and Steve – um, I'm sure there are plenty of Ole Miss fans that you and I, uh, neither of us nor together, are the people that they want to hear talk about this. But someday down the road, I've, I think they're going to have to have the conversation about the name Ole Miss. It's already being targeted. I saw an article that came out last week. Uh, you know, somebody you know bringing it up and saying, "Hey, look, you know, this is something that can't last," and it, it does make you wonder uh, how long. Uh, that that remains, but uh, we'll talk about that another day. Uh, how, how's it going in terms of the reception for the book? And 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 I'm, my second question would be the name Stark Villains. How you came up with that? Both great questions. It's been great. I tell you, you know, with Flim Flam, we got such an initial punch right out of the gate. You know, because of the national level of that story. But yeah, you know, we're doing huge numbers. I mean, everywhere I'm, I'm going, you know, there's lines of people and. Uh, this has kind of been what I had hoped for. And uh, a lot of former players, I mean, and a lot of guys, you know, Matt, from generations before us that have shown up and said, you know, I've been waiting to read a book like this. And uh, it's been great reconnecting with some, with some people. And uh, there's just, there's a lot of people out there that just have, you know, such a love for Mississippi State and really kind of a curiosity about the rivalry that, because uh, this is a very pro-Mississippi State book. It is not an anti-Ole Miss book. You know, it's just, you know, there are 22 chapters in the book, and I'll give you a little bit of a spoiler here. Mississippi State wins all 22 of them. Uh, <laughs> but I interviewed John Bond about that. I said, you know, John, you played in four Egg Bowls. You won two, you lost two. But the only two anybody ever talk about are two you lost, and that's the Dick Pace game and the blowing back field goal game. And those are obviously very iconic moments in the rivalry. But I'll let him talk about all four of them, but including the two that he won, the people forget, uh, which was an honor to me. But so, interestingly enough, there is a, uh, a musician on the Mississippi Gulf Coast that uh, was part of a band that I really liked, kind of a regional act, and he started a second band, and the name of that band, they, they played in Jackson, Mississippi, is called My Hero the Villain, and I thought that was a really interesting play on words, because I'm kind of like that. I always thought that the, the villains are usually more interesting characters, and a lot of my heroes were, were bulldogs, and so I kind of got to thinking along those lines, and then you think... Stark Villains, and to me, it was just too simple to pass on. I think Stark Villains was perfect. Uh, and then the subtitle, of course, is you know Heroic Dog Tales and the Rivalry with Ole Miss. And so we kind of tie it all in. But there's a hook in there because there is a debt of gratitude kind of owed 
through those early Mississippi State students and families that really went to Mississippi State because they wanted to be part of something new and fresh. And uh, now when you look at the research and agricultural giant that Mississippi State is now, a lot of that stems from, you know, some some blue-collar families in the early years of Mississippi State that just simply wanted to have a place for their kids to go to school. Sure. Steve Robertson on your radio. Y'all follow him on Twitter. If you don't, it is at Scout Steve R, the letter R at the end, at Scout Steve R. If you're watching the stream on Twitter, then you, you've got a link. And if you're watching it on Facebook, look, we've got it posted right there if you need to look at it. Because uh, you'll get some details on where you could go and maybe get it signed by Steve and meet him at one of these stops coming up. Steve, I got a notice. I got a phone call earlier in the week. I think they're just putting the word out uh, around today. We're trying to spread it around. You'll find this very interesting. Uh, the school is looking to celebrate the, um, I guess, the, the two over a two-year period, the winningest team in Mississippi State history, 98-99, the 98-99 teams. Of course, this is the 20-year anniversary of 99, and they're inviting all the players and coaches and staff back to be honored at this year's Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving. How cool is that? That is incredible. And uh, I actually interviewed Coach Cheryl about those two teams specifically because those, those that segment, that, that really 97 through 99, really to 2000, those were some – really good years for Mississippi State, but, you know, winning the West in 98 and then the 10-2 and two year in 99, I think we all look at that and say, you know, that was kind of the apex of the Jackie Sherrill era. And I think everybody just has some, some wonderful memories. And, and, Matt, let me, let me you know, pay you a debt of gratitude as well. I mean, some big wins, some memorable on the win at all, the road at Auburn and uh, the win against Kentucky. I mean, you know, there were some great comebacks that year. Mm-hmm. And I don't think most people that were alive will ever forget those teams. Yeah. That, well, and – it was so memorable because it was so uh, dramatic. There were so many dramatic wins during that time. And, you know, um, uh, on, on the other side of that rivalry, during that time was a coaching turnover. You know, Ole Miss went from Tuberville to Cutcliffe. Um, and I saw I was talking about Tuberville earlier this week, Steve, because um, I noticed on Twitter in the state of Alabama he's running for a political office, some Senate seat or something like that. I was, so I was visiting my dad who lives down in Dothan. We were talking about Tuberville. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily like have any dislike for Tuberville. I don't know him personally or anything like that. But when I saw one of the tweets, he's like, you know, hey, I'm running for office, and if you want to donate, you, here's how you can – I'm thinking, you know, how's this guy who's accrued millions upon millions of dollars in – contracts and buyouts and jumping from one school to the other and all that kind of stuff. And now he's running for office asking for donations. Anyway, that's kind of was my take. What, <laughs> what do you make of Tommy Tuberville? What's your, what's your outlook or your impression of him? Well, I, I tell you, it, it's, it's been a long time since we played him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it's one of those things. I remember the way that he handled the old Miss Auburn situation. You know, it's like, it's one of the things to change jobs, and it's one of the things to kind of let your agent handle things. It's another thing to come out and tell people, hey, I'm going to leave here in a pine box, and then the next time they see you, you're wearing an Auburn necktie. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's just there's, there, there's a way to handle things, and that probably wasn't it. And uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of Mississippi State folks that took some glee over that. But, I, you know, it almost sounds political. You know what I'm saying? It's like people will say and do whatever it takes to be elected, and you know, I think that that probably uh, is who he is. I think you're probably right. Hey, uh, I got about four or five minutes left with you. You mind if I throw a recruiting question at you or two? 
Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Um, I want to try to get an overall glance at where Mississippi State is in recruiting right now, how it is going in what is going on the two-year span uh, under Joe Moorhead. Overall, how do you think it has gone for him since taking the job from a recruiting standpoint? I think it's gone really good. I won't say great. I think it's gone really good because I think last year you let you let some guys get out of state, you know, that perhaps that you you really wanted uh, to be here. But you had you know number twenty four class in the country last year, twenty two right now. So you got a real good chance to put together back to back top twenty five classes. And this is not a very deep year in state, but I think Mississippi State has done a great job going out of state and kind of supplementing the in state talent base where it's a little bit solved. I think Jaquavius Marks is a great running back out of the Atlanta area. And then Dylan Johnson, uh, you know, out of St. Joe, you know, in the Mississippi Delta. I think those are guys you kind of get excited about. But I think the bigger the bigger chore in all this is when things aren't going as well as you had hoped on the field, kind of maintaining those relationships and kind of keeping guys in the boat. And I think they've done a pretty good job with that, even though, you know, there's always some natural attrition down the stretch, Matt, as you know. But I think mm-hmm. Joe and the staff, are very engaged with recruits and have not, you know, kind of abandoned that process despite the fact the season's been a little bit less than expected. In in this particular class, so if you look at it right now, you've got Will Rogers, the Brandon kid that is committed at quarterback, you know, uh, for state. So if they, you know, sign him, do you think this is a one quarterback class, this go around for Joe Moorhead? Yeah, I do. And I think that's one of the reasons they were able to get Will to commit early. You know, they committed to Will, and Will committed to them. And there just hadn't been a lot of, you know, talk out there about a second quarterback. And, you know, the transfer portal always keeps you on guard, though. You know, I mean, it's like you look at Mississippi State's quarterback situation. I think, you know, Matt, it doesn't take uh, Aristotle or Einstein to figure out that, you know what, Keaton Thompson's probably going to be somewhere else in January. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's okay. You know, he was recruited to play a different offensive scheme. It's not its not an indictment on his talent. He's just not the best fit. And so then you look at Jalen Maiden's situation. You know, he's a guy that hadn't played a whole lot. Again, recruited to play another scheme. Probably fits the Joe Moorhead offense a little bit better than, uh, than say, Keaton Thompson does. But you could real have, have the real possibility of losing Tommy Stevens to graduation and Keaton Thompson and Jalen Maiden to transfer. And so you look at Garrett Schrader coming back and Will Rogers coming in. And so – should something change in December and those other guys leave, then perhaps you could kind of recalibrate and maybe you go get a, a secondary guy or developmental-type quarterback to kind of be your emergency guy in February should you need that. Steve, um, I appreciate some time so much here. I know you're on the road. Be careful and be safe with all the traveling around because when you get sleepy, you have to pull over and take a nap. I just want to uh, tell you, though, how nice it is, how enjoyable it is to be able to talk to you and interview you, specifically you, on syndicated radio in the state of Mississippi. I, I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like if I were not able to do that. <laughs> you know, Matt, I think I, I pick up what you're putting down. Let me tell you, it is, it is my honor to be on this station so often, the flagship sports station in the state of Mississippi, especially in the metro there. And uh, there you he's go. been a friend of mine for a long, long time. Yeah. And so really, really grateful uh, to be on your program today. Well, pleasure's ours. But really the pleasure is our listeners because they demand it. And where there is demand, there will be a supply. So this won't be the last time, Steve. Thank you.
You take care, Matt. All right, you too. Steve Robertson on your radio. He is at Scout Steve R. Follow him on Twitter. And so if you're interested in getting one of those books, if you're a Mississippi State fan, um, he said he's got interviews in there with Bob Tyler and Jackie Sherrill and John Bond and Anthony Dixon and Nick Fitzgerald and the like. And so uh, follow him on Twitter. And like I said, um, I was looking at I think maybe it's back on Monday, but it's within the last few days. He tweeted a schedule of places that he's going to go and sell some of those and sign some of those um, here over the next few days if you want to check those out. All right, so uh, heading into the rest of the hour number uh, of hour number two here today on this Wednesday, if you're just tuning in, we listened to a little bit of what Nick Saban had to say about the matchup coming up um, in Starkville this weekend, and we heard a little bit from Coach Ogeron looking ahead to facing his former school, Ole Miss. We'll recap that towards uh, the end here of hour number two because a lot of folks may have just tuned in Others may be about to tune in, and we want to. I want to make sure you hear that. We had some requests for that over the last couple of days. Of, hey, I'd like to hear what those coaches are saying. I want to make sure you hear it. So we'll come back around to that. But next, a whole load of texts and tweets and uh, some things to get to. So I'm going to do that next, including I will take your phone calls coming up. So if you want to call, now's a good time, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059, the Divinity Equipment phone. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. looking at this uh, stats statistics through last weekend's game and S- uh, games in SEC uh, football now you're talking about everybody has played either nine or ten games depending on who has open dates remaining or not so we have plenty and we have plenty of conference play and we're way deep enough into the season for statistics to start to really give you a clearer picture at who is what in certain ways and in certain units that are on the field. You know, when you do this exercise, you start looking at stats in week four or week five. You're a month in, so it can fool you, but not everybody's comp- competition is the same. Some teams have played, you know, they play two early SEC games. Some don't play any in September. So they really can be misleading. At this point in the year, I don't think there's much misleading about the stats. So you look up, and at this point in the year, Ole Miss has the number one rushing offense in the SEC, and State has the number three rushing offense in the SEC. And in terms of throwing the ball, they both are close to the bottom. State is number 11 in the SEC, and Ole Miss 12. Ole Miss has played one more game than State has. They'll have an open date the week before the Egg Bowl. Both teams are averaging just under 200 yards passing a ball game. State has thrown for a couple more TDs than Ole Miss has. So State, you know, a little better percentage overall as a team, a couple hundred more yards. 
No, I got the I got the numbers wrong on on the touchdown. State's actually thrown fourteen touchdowns. Ole Miss has thrown nine. Yards are about the same. Uh, completion percentage that favors State. But State's thrown more interceptions this year than Ole Miss has. So both aren't what you would call explosive or potent in the pass game. They're eleventh and twelfth. State and Ole Miss, but both are very explosive. And potent and have been in the run game. Ole Miss, the number one rushing offense. State, the number three rushing offense. And so when we line up for the Egg Bowl, I don't care what happens these next two weeks. I just don't care. It doesn't matter. I think at this point in the year, I can just look at that and tell you, when we line up for the Egg Bowl in Starkville in a few weeks at Thanksgiving, it's just going to come down to which team can stop the other one from running the ball. That's it. There will be some abnormalities. It is the Egg Bowl. There will be a trick play. But the winner ultimately will go home and they'll look at the stat sheet. We'll open it up and we'll say, okay, uh, yeah, this team won and they gave up very little in the run game. (laughs) That'll be it. All right. Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. The man with his own sound effect. Chicken Hawk, what's up? Hey, man, look at him. That was a wonderful, wonderful uh, interview there, Wallace. I really enjoyed that. that Good. That, that, that top ship. Good. I'm glad you yeah, enjoyed and it. One reason, yeah, one reason I'm calling in a little bit more often, the powers that be said that, uh, you know, it's coming up for, I only signed a one-year contract. So uh, to get me a contract extension that bought my pay up a little bit, I, had, I got to start calling back in. That's what the powers that be said. Ain't that right, Roger? <laughs> yeah, you like Dak. You got you got to perform this season. And no, this is yeah. kind of like no, this is kind of like CNN. We just gonna say things and pretend that it's true. Is that what <laughs> we're doing? What? Fake news. Hey, fake look, news, chicken look here, man. Don't crowd me, man. I'm, I'm coming up. I'm, I'm over here in my four wheeler, so don't be crowding me okay, now with I'm all sorry. that kind of old crap. I'm sorry. But, I'm but now look here. I want to. I, I do want to say something about the, the top three shows, the local shows. Now you know the national is only on. But you and Chris and the professor, you know that's the top three shows on this network. And uh, you know, I've been all it's all the major networks all across the country for twenty something years in my eighteen world. This right here probably is one of the best casting channels across the United States, all jokes aside, because of the way you're so unique and you know, and you don't really get the perspective. Well, you see the big words I'm using, you don't get the perspective that I have by going across out the young. It's a pretty good channel. Well boy I love it. What, hey, what's the one okay, where? Now, what's the one, Roger, where Chris Brooks is saying this is the number one show in America or something like that? <laughs> I forget what he said, but something hey, but like here, that. Uh, I number one now, show thing, in the state of Mississippi. There we go. There we go. Looking at the thing about sleeping now, because you know, oh, I'm not proud of the way I live my life before Jesus, but but that was other ways that I stayed up for four, five, six days at a time. But just a normal person, if you want to stay awake. Uh, the best thing is to pull off somewhere and go take you a shower. I found out when I was going across the country, but when nothing else would work, but I done already probably been up 24 or 30 hours, and I needed another five or six to get somewhere, taking a shower, a good cold shower, but you can't do that, you know, coming from cheap below to Jackson. So get you some Red Bull, get you some, go to a health food store and get you some King Seed Root. 
mean, get the real king scene root and some Red Bull and some coffee. Hey, coffee, you know what? I hold in my like, hand right now. Wake him up. <laughs> chicken hawk. You know what I have in my hand right now, chicken hawk? The homecoming queen coffee. just walked into the studio, and she handed me a bag. From the donut place across the street, and there are two blueberry cake donuts. Oh man! In this sack. Oh, dude, those so, are right up there with the the bear claw. Yeah, right up there with the bear claw and the apple fritter. So uh, I'm just oh, telling yeah. you, none of y'all can rain on my parade. You hear me? None of y'all hey, but look can here. get under my skin minute, right now. now. The only thing better than that would be raspberry. Raspberry, boy. Oh, I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to get the raspberry, boy. That joke is stuff with the most raspberry. And you, so when you take a bite, it comes out both corners of your mouth and runs down your feet. I'm talking about a raspberry stuffed donut. Well, being in Chippewa, they, they ought to have a muscadine donut. A muscadine donut? Oh, That's man. a good idea. Do they make I don't know I, if they I, do. I, I tell you what. Put a word in, man. I'll bring, I'll bring some muscadine jelly over there. I'm coming over there. Do it. That I told Brooks and Beaver I'm going to take them out to the Itchy Barn. Me and Lou Bell while she's out for school and then, uh, I don't spend one of my vacation days. But uh, you probably can't go because they can't nobody but you and Beaver run that place, is it, Rod? Well, yeah. Be one of, <laughs> they only allow one of us, uh, you know, to be in the same place at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, can't you, put, can't you do it in remote? Hey, what about this? You run the board and all from Bond. You and Beaver, you take some kind of way to rig it up and get this. Beaver an engineer. Who's the engineer over there? We have We have an old other guy for that. Yeah. We well, have a smart. We have a really out. smart guy for that. We have a guy that can wake up after midnight. <laughs> we'll answer his you phone at one a.m. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> anyway, man, uh, he just while we right. get back to there with the coffee and tell her, I tell uh, HQ, I said hello. I'll do it. And, uh, and if you're like me, you're uh, you have to urinate a lot after about five or six picks up the coffee. So that's going you're gonna stop on the side of the road and you know get out and take care of that and get back and doing this and hanging your head out the window like a big old lap dog yeah. that works too. So you put mm-hmm. all of them, combine them, and then that works. It's just like you know, because you are a dog, I'm a dog, and so is old uh, Jack. Hey so Roger, um, Roger, put a check mark on the board. It's the first time the word urinate's ever been said on the radio show. Chicken Hawk, I appreciate your call, <laughs> yeah. man. Thank you. Hail State. Hail State. Hey, hail State. See <laughs> About half that call, I don't have no, any idea what he said. About half of that phone call. Part of it's him and part of it was me because I was paying attention. Anna Beth walked in here with these donuts. Holy cow, I'm going to eat them. That'll be like Bruce Bruce, the famous comedian, Roger. He said he went through the Krispy Kreme drive-thru. Got a dozen glaze. You know, he's a big, fat guy. And Bruce Bruce said his daughter was in the car. She looked at him and said, Daddy, you're not even chewing those. He said, I looked at her and said, you're not supposed to. <laughs> Bruce Bruce. I saw Bruce Bruce get up on the stage one night in an all-white suit. A suit, all white from head to toe. And he said, look at me up here looking like a gat on the milk. <laughs> all right. A little ways to go. I'm going to let you, uh, if you missed it, I'm going to let you hear what Saban said, what Orgeron said. That's coming up. And we'll jump back on the phone, too, on the Divinity Equipment phone line. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. Stay with me. You all speculate and create things, and then you want people to respond to it.
I don't really care about that. Back on the show. Five minutes ago, I had two blueberry cake donuts in this sack from the donut store that the homecoming queen brought me. Five minutes ago, I had two of them in there. Now, there's one. Oh, it tells me one thing. What's that? The fact that she brought you those. She doesn't know that you had gas station chicken yesterday. <laughs> she does not know. And Popeye's on the way out. Well, Roger, I'm going to tell you the truth. I left the radio station yesterday, and I called her, and I said, yeah, I'm leaving. She said, okay, you on the highway? I said, no, I'm fixing to roll through this Popeye's and get me some chicken strips, some spicy ones. And she talked me out of it. Really? Yes. She said, yeah. it's 2.30. You don't need spicy chicken from Popeye's at 2.30? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, Thanks, you're, mom. yeah, you're right. Well, And see, the thing is, I told her. That I also had three chicken strips from the gas station at 11 oh, o'clock. Oh, so you did tell her. Okay, so this is your reward for doing the right thing yesterday. <laughs> I guess. I I the joke in our house is that she's trying to fatten me up, and I don't know what for. <clears throat> but it's always like, hey, you want this? Here, I brought you something. Brought you a candy bar. <laughs> What's that nursery rhyme? Uh, not nursery rhyme, but the uh, kids' fairy tale about the... Hansel and Gretel. Remember? The witches giving all the candy. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Here, eat up. Yeah. She's trying to fatten me up for something. Stay away from the oven. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, Ready Teddy is on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Teddy? Hey, man. I hope everything's going well today. It sure is. Um, years ago when Rich Brown was at West Virginia, they had Pat White at quarterback. Steve Slayton was the running back, and they threw for all kind of yards and ran for even more yards. Um, me and I remember a couple of friends of mine, I'm on this guy, but um, we were thinking that would never work in SEC. And, of course, then, um, you know, do you think that offense can work with a successful team in the SEC? Uh, yeah. Aside from Cam Newton led Auburn. Yeah. Do you think that offense could be successful in the SEC? Well, uh, Teddy, w- without going – Without going too technical, and and I'm going to try every way possible, too, to avoid sounding like I'm trying to talk down to anybody, because I hate it when analysts do that. You know, they you know try to be high and mighty and, you know, kind of prove right. that their knowledge is greater. That's not at all what I'm, I'm going to do here. So, like you mentioned, for example, you mentioned Cam Newton and, and Auburn. You know, that's an offense that's just like the one – that they ran when Nick Marshall was a quarterback at Auburn, right? And it's also, right. outside of a few of the the little quirks and tricks and things that Gus Malzahn does with pre-snap motion and how they get certain things done, the, the offense, for instance, the offense that Cam Newton ran at Auburn was basically identical to the spread scheme that Dan Mullen was running at State, okay? With, with say, like a, even a... A Chris Ralph, because if we go look, if you'll remember, and I'm getting to your question, but if you go look and you remember, Auburn always used a fullback. In fact, look at their offense this year. 
with an entirely different quarterback, they're still using a de facto fullback. Well, State, when they had Chris Ralph, they're using a fullback, right? So there was some similarities. But the major difference was Cam Newton is like prototypical thrower of the football, like throwing motion, natural ability throwing it, velocity, accuracy, could make any and every throw and all that kind of stuff, right? But because he was such a threat running the ball, they obviously were going to use that. Whereas if you looked at, say, for example, Chris Relf at State, they got a lot of throwing opportunities, and as he got older, he hit a bunch of those passes. As an Ole Miss fan, for instance, you remember some of those passes he hit. But but the yeah. bread and butter was always going to be you know, 75% run for Chris Relf, whereas it's more like 50-50 for Cam Newton. I tell you that to say, I think as fans – we really do need to focus less on this scheme and that scheme and this offense. Like when you were talking about Rich Rod, you said, can this offense work? Trust me on this. Yes, he wants to run a spread offense, and there are certain personnel that fit and you know ways that they will do zone read and have a mobile quarterback. But it, it's all dependent on what your personnel is. So, you know, we look at what he did at West Virginia. And what has happened over the years, Teddy, is a lot of fans have looked at that and said, well, that's his offense, okay, and it will work that way anytime he gets the right players. But I think the right way to look at it is he built that offense around Pat White and Steve Slayton. Does that make sense? So, okay, so what I'm telling you is this, as an Ole Miss fan, and I, I'm, I'm coming at it completely unbiased, and I have not seen every single snap this year, but I've seen a lot of it. What Rich Rod is doing is the, number, the starting point, the piece that starts the whole process of figuring out that offense and what it's going to be the next few years is John Rice Plumley and his running ability. That's the starting point for the whole thing, and they're going to build around it. Does Rich Rod want a mobile quarterback? Yes, he does. But what I'm telling you, so he has a freshman John Rice Plumley right now. In three years, when he's a junior senior, John Rice Plumley is going to be a much better and cons- more consistent passer than he is right now. He's a true freshman who didn't throw it a ton in high school. But they're still building it around him with other freshmen, and you have the number one rushing offense in the SEC. And so they basically are building this around the players that they have. Um, They don't have a Chad Kelly. They also don't have a DK Metcalf or an A.J. Brown. They're building it around what they have. And my advice to you as an Ole Miss fan would be to don't, don't look at it in terms of Rich Rod has this set offense, and it either will or won't work at certain schools or in certain conferences. I just don't think that's the way he's doing it. I think I think if Rich Rodriguez had Chad Kelly and A.J. Brown right now, they'd be one of the leading passing offenses. I think it's all about personnel. Will it work? Yes, it will. Uh, you know, again, it's just more about Jimmys and Joes than it is X's and O's. I mean – Another stark contrast example for you, Teddy. Look at what Mississippi State's going through right now. 
You know, right. Joe Moorhead didn't get his reputation as an offensive coach just because somebody wanted to say it. He built that op- that reputation over a lot of years, and including what they did at Penn State. Well, look at what he had at Penn State. Uh, uh, like a first-round <laughs> draft pick tight end, Saquon Barkley, Trace McSorley, NFL quarterback, NFL receivers. Okay, and now he's at Mississippi State, and in year two at Mississippi State, he has the leading rusher in the SEC, but one of the one of the worst passing offenses consistently in the SEC. They're at number 11 in the conference, averaging less than 200 yards passing a game. Well, that's not because Joe Moorhead all of a sudden forgot how to coach the pass game. The difference is he has Kylan Hill, who's a future NFL running back, is his best offensive player, and a whole bunch of injuries at quarterback and very average receivers. It's all about Jimmy's and Joe's. So don't don't spend as much time worrying about scheme as much as players. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah that's you got to you got to dance dance with the one you got. That's exactly right. It's all about getting the players. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. Here is Nick Saban about facing Mississippi State this weekend. Uh, this game this week is usually. Uh, a real battle for us. You know, when we go over to Mississippi State, to Starkville, uh, they're always physical. It's always a physical game. Um, and we have a lot of challenges in terms of what we need to do to fix the issues that we have. And, you know, they present a lot of challenges as well. Uh, they're one of the best rushing teams in, you know, the country, certainly in the conference. Um, do a really good job in a lot of ways. they got a great back. You know, Hill's a great back. He leads the SEC in rushing. Um, you know, they played really good defense. They get a lot of turnovers. They ball hawk like crazy. So there, there, there's a lot of things that we need to do extremely well in this game to be able to have success. And look, the number one thing that I'm concerned about, just so everybody gets it, is how we complete the season. You know, I don't want to talk about anything other than the game that we have this week. Uh, we're not making any predictions or whatever. All right, that's Saban. Here's Ogeron, or Orgeron, talking about facing his former school. Now he's coaching the number one team in the country. They put this game on their calendar. This is the game that they want to win. Uh, this is a rivalry game uh, for them. They want to beat LSU. This is the team they would like to beat along with Mississippi State. And we know we're going to get their best shot. And they play great at home. It's going to be a great crowd. be a great challenge for our football team. On offense, uh, they're a spread offense. Uh, they're, they're very, very difficult to stop on offense. They know the, uh, what we're shooting for. We don't talk about it. But, you know, and, uh, but we want to win. We want to win, and, and Ole Miss is in our way. And that's it. We want to win. That's Coach O. That's it for a Wednesday in the Farm Bureau studio. Appreciate you tuning in. We'll knock it out on Thursday together. Same time, same place. See you all then. See ya. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.